Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. And surrender and learning to trust Him. So if you will, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 27. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation as reference to kind of thoroughly explain the situation here when Jesus is talking I really believe you're going to be blessed today and just feel it in my heart. And I know that if you're hungry to receive it, you're going to get something good from it. So Jesus said, my father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father. And no one truly knows the father except the son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. So the very first thing in this scripture is a principle. Always recognize that Jesus is very intentional and very precise on when He teaches and explains things. And you have to put and comprise it all together to fully get the meat and the understanding of what He's saying. Because in the next scripture verse, He's going to talk about an analogy. And reference himself as an ox. Now, if you don't understand that verbiage, and we don't see oxen today like we did, like they did, now we see John Deere, Kubota, you know, whatever your brand is. But he's now referring to the harvest and the fields of labor and labor itself. So listen to what he says here. But the first principle is, No one knows the Father except the Son and whom the Son will reveal himself. And so it's through Jesus first that you have to understand that this begins. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. He cares about what you're carrying right now. He cared about what they were carrying. Heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Don't misinterpret the word rest. What it means is, is that not that he will deliver you from the responsibility, but he'll make it easier. Take my yoke upon you. Now it almost sounds like a, a, a paradox or just kind of a, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting the invitation to come rest, but now you're asking me to take on the yoke, which was the very device that connected one ox to another ox. In the field of labor so essentially Jesus is telling them come labor with me how can that be restful he said take my yoke upon you let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your soul for my yoke is easy to bear in other words what how you connect to me how do we connect to God now from heart to heart through the what? Spirit. His yoke is easy to bear. And the burden I give you is light. In other words, the responsibility and the load, I'll help you carry it. But the key is, you have to join me and go in the direction I'm going. That's when you'll find rest. Too many people are burnt out, 
weary, tired, because they are moving contrary to the will of God. It's the opposing wills. Your will or our will against God's will. The irony of that is, did you know that that was the greatest challenge I believe that Jesus had in his ministry or his time on earth was that moment of surrendering to the will of the Father when he was in the garden. And what was his prayer? Lord, if it be possible, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will. When you're in the will of God, you'll find rest for your soul. Someone say, Lord Jesus, bless this word. In Jesus' name. Now, act like he gave you something good already and give him a hand clap and tell him thank you ahead of time. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. We had a great, great morning service packed out. It was wonderful. Uh, we have so many new time, uh, first time guests and also reoccurring guests and families. Welcome to every new family at Riverside Church. It's such an honor to have all of our new families with us. Let's give every family a round of applause and tell them thank you for joining us. When you look at history um, and you understand the culture, then you'll understand the teachings of Jesus. It's, uh, it's very different for you and I to associate or really comprehend the lessons that Jesus taught sometimes because we weren't part of the culture in the time. We're living in a very advanced technological era. Um, it, it, just, it, it just blows my mind how technology has evolved. You can literally stay at home and still survive, never go to the grocery store, never have to go to uh, buy your clothing at any department store, never, I mean, you can buy everything online and still stay at home and live. If that's what you want to do, that's fine, but I couldn't live that kind of life. Technology is just wonderful. When I talk about farming and plowing the fields now, you and I think of Great big combines. We think of pictures now. Well, they've got tractors, tractors and, 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 and their devices that are bigger than this room. <laughs> They're out there. Power is essential for progression, and technology is essential. But Jesus was talking about things in the spirit that were so far advanced before their time they couldn't relate. And the only way he can try to relate to them was for him to use the technology of their day. Oxen was something that they used for power. And, well, you know, rightfully so, God told Adam, I'm giving you every beast to the field and everything to govern and to dominate to use for your needs. And prior to that, I think a lot of people, well, history shows us through findings, the Egyptians had a lot of drawings on artifacts and things that they found. Like this picture here, this was one of the early findings of a plowshare, of a tool that was used for breaking up the garden. Some of you would call that a garden hoe. Um, if you are still using that device, you are either cheap or you like to exercise, but I think you're cheap. 
more than anything else, right? Stubborn. I ain't going to go buy that. I mean, now you can go buy something very cheap at one of the stores around town, any of the department stores, any place you can find something to till the ground and power, plug in, whatever, gas operated. But this is what it all started with. People had to invent things and make things happen. Then somebody got smart one day and said, you know what, that is way too hard. Then somebody added a wheel. Look at this right here. Somebody added a wheel. And the good news is you can still buy one of these for about $170 on eBay if that's the route you want to go. Now, most people would probably buy that for home decor if you're into the farm look. But they sell them, believe it or not. And I think some people probably do it for exercise. I, I don't know. People get smart. And so the old saying, the old adage is work smarter, not harder, right? And that's what we were taught. And so as time progressed, we get this understanding that men became wise and then they learn how to bridle the oxen the ox and here's what really has been a blessing to men throughout the ages before technology and engines were made look at this video this is actually what i am talking about and this is what jesus was talking about so to help you understand the verbiage that jesus had he was talking about oxen and you see that bar that goes across from one ox to the next, that's the yoke. That is the yoke. The one thing that connects you to the other. So the benefits of being yoked with somebody is simply that if you get tired, hopefully the ox, if you were an ox per se, has strength to help carry you. It's funny how Jesus himself began to refer to himself as an ox. Have you ever thought about that? The king of kings, the Lord of lords, related himself to us as an ox, a laborer. And that makes sense when you think of his character because he said, I did not come into this world to be served, but to serve. And when you look at Jesus, he, he was in this world to get a harvest. But really what happened was Jesus came into this world to reap some of the benefits of John the Baptist who prepared the way, as it were, tilling the ground for the new introduction of the dispensation of grace. Okay, follow along with me because here, here's, here's the challenge. In our minds, we think that we have to do life alone. In our minds, we feel like that we're by ourselves. And we carry every burden and every responsibility. And, and you can't shy away from your responsibilities, especially if you're a parent or a business owner or a caretaker. You have to meet them. I believe that Jesus was reading further into this I think when you look at the scripture, I think Jesus was reading further into the hearts of the people concerning his day. I really do believe that Matthew chapter 11 was referencing the day and the age that they were living in. This is, this is from the perspective of just a preacher looking at the purpose of Jesus and what the message was. The message was the kingdom of God. The hope of Israel was the king, the Messiah, coming in to deliver them. The enemy was themselves, not 
the Roman government. And, and so I really do believe that, that Jesus was coming in and trying to address an issue. That they were living under the law, trying to do it themselves, carrying these burdens. At one point in the scripture, Jesus even went to the Pharisees and Sadducees and said how they had laid big burdens on the people and never carried them themselves or keeping their own tradition. But then Jesus comes in and Jesus begins to explain that, that, you know, those of you who are heavy laden and burdened and trying to carry everything and do things right. He said, come to me and I will give you rest and I'm going to give you my spirit. Which the spirit of God had not been poured out yet, but would be poured out. And I will cause you to walk with me. And no longer he was giving a promise now. Here's the promise. No longer will you have to try so hard on your own to do what's right. No longer will you have to carry out your responsibilities by yourself. No longer will you feel like you are only you and only you by yourself in your world. For I will never leave you and I will never forsake you and I will comfort you and I will help you. And I will give you access to my spirit. And my spirit, my yoke will carry you. And when all you've got to do, and here's the key, is walk with me. Walk with me. And as you walk with me, I will lead you into my will. As you learn to walk with me, I will give you power. As you walk with me, I will give you wisdom, discernment understanding as you walk with me i will give and send you help i will open up doors i will give you networks i will create miracles i will give you the healing ministry that you were promised who am i talking to i will give you the ability to see the promises of god come to pass in your life but you have been walking in another direction and things have become harder and things have become weary because that's when we become weary. Here's what weariness is a product of. Weariness and burnt out souls and, and, and burdened and, and anxiety and fear is a product of simply, are you ready? Write this down. Self-willed. Disappointment and losing the fire in your life is a product also of no produce, no production, or no harvest. No results, in other words. We are result-driven. I do things for, I do look for the results, and I enjoy the process. But, but there is a reward for your labor and for what you do. It is a promise from God. Even out of the book of Ecclesiastes, the preacher even recognized that the fruit of our labor should be our reward and should be enjoyed. But, but for most people, some people are living in frustration and disappointment because they have no produce or no, no, no harvest from the field they're plowing in. Could it be that you're in the wrong field or could it be that you're not using a deep enough 
tool and advancement of God's kingdom, his technology. Listen, the power of God to be able to plow through. Did you ever notice in that video, did you see that as those oxen were going through, how that plow would go deeper? That would have taken you and I hours and hours and hours to try to do that by hand and that's what it is to do things in your flesh and your own will and your own creativity and sometimes we think we can do it but we've been all day doing this all day doing that when god says you're just doing it the hard way if you just allow me to walk with you i'll give you access to technology and power that will help you just plow through and all you've got to do is walk with me i'll do the work i'll help you i'll do it for you but life can be a much much easier process and so god has a field i really do believe that everybody has an assignment field that you are in, I believe, is the purpose that God has given you. God has purposed people concerning his will. I believe most of you have found the purpose in your life. I think some are searching still. I think some are being prepared for it. But I really do believe all, all, all in all, life is nothing more than preparation. I don't think you ever stop preparing for next. You're looking forward to retirement. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't ever, I told my wife the other day, I'm not retiring. I mean, maybe from uh, being up here, maybe, but not from being involved with God's work or serving. I'm not ever going to stop that because the day I'm done working is the day that God's done with me. I'm going to stay active if as, much, as long as I can because there's rest in that it's much easier to do what god wants you to do instead of doing it your own way just much easier i have found that no matter how big the responsibility may be how many problems i may have as long as i'm walking with him i feel the strength of god in my life and i can sleep well at night i can sleep well at night even with all even if i have problems that's just me how many of you know that just because you go to bed doesn't mean God goes to bed as well? I mean, do you really think because you go to sleep, the Holy Ghost goes to sleep too? Do you think that angels stop working because you stop working? Now, they stop working if you stop talking and praying. Well, when you're weary in your body, you can take a nap in the storm like Jesus did and know that everything's going to be okay. And if you got to wake up every once in a while from your rest to give peace to those that are around you that are in the same boat, then God will give you the ability to share what's inside of you with them. That's what happened. Jesus took what was in him when he was in the boat, in the storm, and said, peace be still to everything else around him. You have something inside of you called peace and rest and power and authority. And just because you don't see it or anybody else does, doesn't mean it's not there. You have to learn how to activate the authority and the power of his presence. We all have to. It's a learning process. Didn't Jesus say in Matthew chapter 11, come unto me, let me teach you. What does that mean? What it means is stop and become the student 
instead of always trying to be the teacher. That means a mindset, humility. We don't have all the answers. I do not have all the answers. I, I think I've learned almost 50, and I think I've learned by now. I thought I, I used to have all the answers in my 20s. How many of you used to have all the answers in your 20s? <laughs> when I got into my 40s, I realized I don't have all the answers. I don't know anything. I'm stupid. <laughs> Just kidding. But you understand what I'm saying. I, I need him. I need his wisdom. I need his strength. I need his ability. And so when we use this, we have to understand that not only are we the field of God for God to labor and to work, but we also are laborers with him. Watch this, 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 9. 3, 6 and 9 says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, or nor he who waters. In other words, don't try to take the credit for everything. You can't take the credit for every good thing that happens. Because then God will stop working. But he says, so he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. Each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. You'll get your reward. Verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers, the ministers, right? You, the ones that are listening, the students, the receivers, the instructees, you are God's field and you are God's building. There is a time to minister and there is a time to receive and be a student. When you are in your field of labor, you are the minister. Everybody has a ministry. Everyone has a ministry, no matter how old or how young you are. If you are saved, if you are filled with his presence and you are dedicated to him and you belong to him and you're in a field, no matter if it's education, a school, your career, your business, uh, family, no matter where you're at, you belong to him and you're the one who does the influencing for his namesake. Somebody raise your hand and say, I'm a representative of God. You are. You're a child of God. If you're a child of God, raise your hand. If you believe that you are a child of God because of the blood of Jesus in your life, because of what he's done for you, if you have his spirit, raise your hand. Be, be happy about it. Then you are a representative wherever you go. How many of you believe that the job you're in right now or the business that you have or the area of expertise or wherever you're at, that you're in God's will right now? Raise your hands. Great. That is your field. You play two roles. So now you're sitting in the congregation. I'm right here and have been given the, the, the honor and the privilege to pastor and to teach. I'm the minister right now, so now you're the field for me. 
But when you go out into the world and you step into your area of influence, then you become the laborer with Christ, and then that's your field. So you pray or you plant the seed, but God will give the increase. But nothing happens unless the ground is tilled, and it takes work to plow, and it takes work to break through. You know what Jesus was doing when he was in this world? He referred to himself as an ox. When he was coming in this world, he was a laborer. And there wasn't, listen to this now, he was plowing through the fields, getting them ready for the apostles to come in. And even the apostle Paul said that Apollos, what did he do? He watered. He said, what did he do? There was a seed planted, but God gave the increase. So God, Jesus, came into this world. Watch this now. Pay attention. Here it goes. Jesus came into this world to plow the fields with the concept of the earth of the kingdom of God. And there wasn't a devil that can slow him down. There wasn't a sickness that can slow him down. But he prepared the way. But the church now was in position to go and work those fields and to plant the seed and to give the seed, right, and to water in prayer. That's what it was. Watering is a type of prayer, but it was the spirit that gave the increase. But we still have fields to plow. There are still sicknesses and diseases and demons and deliverances and, and miracles and signs and wonders and a work that God has for you to do. And there's a burden, and there are burdens and responsibilities for you to carry. And there are things while you are plowing through to try to do the work of God, you have your kids on your back. You have your job. You have your bills. You have all these things. And this is where the yoke comes in tied to Jesus where Jesus says, listen, I'm going to help you. I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to give you favor. I'm going to give you miracles. I'm going to give you help. I'm going to give you grace for this place. I'm going to give you the wisdom, the ability, and things become easier. The, the problems don't change. The problems don't change at all. You're still going to have problems. You're still going to have challenges. You're still going to have disgruntled employees or coworkers. You are still going to have grumpy customers. But now you have a grace because you're walking with Jesus. And when you're laboring, this is going to start making sense. When you face a demonic opposition, the demon doesn't stop you from doing God's will. The addiction doesn't stop you from doing God's will. Why? Because there is somebody you are yoked with that has all power and all authority in his life that shares it with you. And you're connected in the spirit. You have the spirit of Christ. And you are laboring. So while you're laboring and you have your burdens... Jesus said, come to me, I'll lift those burdens for you and give you a mindset to help you understand that I am capable and I am able and I will even take care of some of those things for you. If there is something that is stopping you from doing the will of God and hindering you, I promise you, even if it's debt, God will get rid of your debt if you're doing it and if it's slowing you down from doing God's will. That's why the most important position you can have in this world is doing the will of the Father. And when you're in the will of God, nothing can stop you and God moves through that channel. 
God, I, there's so much in this. I don't even know if you're catching this. Are you catching some of this stuff? It's just like coming out right now. I'm telling you. There is something to the anointing that helps you do the will of God that enables you to fulfill his purpose. There's a blessing in with that. There are so many things because people at this point in your life, here's the word that God has given me for somebody. Here's a word. The reason why I was given this mini series was for this reason. There have been people even in both services in this season in their life right now, even in this church, where you have labored and carried burdens, but God has given you a season now of rest to enter where he's going to carry the load, and you're going to see life become easier. The key is going to be walking with him. All you have to do is learn how to walk with him. The only point I'm giving you today is this. Walking with Jesus gives you rest. Walking with Jesus gives you rest. I want you to imagine yourself as a laborer with Christ to do the will of God. And then on top of that, because some people can't fathom, how do I do something for God and take care of my responsibilities? Number one, you've got to believe that you're in the will of God in the field God's called you to be in. Number two, invite him. Take the invitation. Actually, let me rephrase that. Accept the invitation when Jesus said, come to me. See, God is not saying, in other words, if you believe you're in God's will, then the invitation is there for you. God, for God's telling you, I gave you the field. Now join me. And let me help you. Not, hey, give me the invitation to come into your field that you chose. Right? That's where most, some people get it wrong. That's why they're discouraged. That's why it never works out. That's why they're frustrated. Because they're doing what they think they ought to do, what everybody else is telling them to do, instead of what they feel God leading them to do. He said, now I put you there. As, come in. Join me. Yoke with me, spend time with me, slow down. Spending time with Jesus and taking time for him in the morning is not a waste of time. I'm going to tell somebody this also. I don't know who this is for, but it's for somebody. Because when you kneel down or whatever you do or sit down in your prayer chair, I have a prayer chair. I love rocking when I pray, right? I don't know. I'm getting older. I don't know what it is. But I love sitting down, rocking back and forth and praying and, and just staying moving. And, and, and when I sit down, I used to sit down like that or kneel down. I, all of a sudden, I feel all these to-do lists come. And I, I used to think, oh, it's God reminded me. I got to do these things. And I would stop praying and write these things and, and, and start doing these things, thinking about those things. And I would cut my prayer time short until I learned that wasn't God. That was my flesh getting into work mode because prayer is a work. And when you get into work mode and kneel down, your spirit man starts thinking of all the responsibilities. Sometimes maybe even the devil will give you a to-do list and remind you to get you distracted. So what I learned to do is write them down, put them aside. That'll come later. 
and I get back into business with God, praying, spending time with him. And I've learned it's not a waste of time. When I accept the invitation to come and yoke with him, or get together with him, every morning, you have to remember before the plowshares, before they would go out there, they had to first harness the oxen, then plow. So you have to be willing to get wrapped up with Jesus first, then enter into the field of labor. Go with him into the field of labor. Then life becomes easier because you're walking with him and he's helping you. Do you understand the concept? If we're laborers with Christ, you got to take a moment to let him harness you with him every day. Then let him lead you and go into there. Then it becomes easier for you. And if you own a business, he will give you the ideas, the network, the innovation, the creativity, the marketing strategies, everything. He will. I speak it and testify as a business owner. He will even send the customers. They will come looking for you. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm trying to help somebody. They will come looking for you. Because Jesus told them about you. Because you accepted the invitation. And now instead of working so hard to try to work up the business, they're coming to you now. I'm just trying to help you out right now. I'm telling you, when you walk with Jesus, you get better rest. Life becomes better with favor. Favor ain't fair. But favor has to take time to wrap itself around you. You're going to have to allow him to help you because when you get connected to Jesus, you can get connected to the power of God, the wisdom of God, the love of God that you need to deal with those people in your life, even your own family. Mamas, I know it's hard. It is hard to find time for yourself. But if you'll wake up before everybody else wakes up, even if you lose an hour's sleep or so, and choose to let God wrap you up in his love and favor, you'll have the grace for the day to apply wisdom and principles. Instead of yelling at all the kids, get in the car. You're going to be late. Keep looking forward, mama. <laughs> not the kids what do you mean where's dinner what do you mean where's dinner do you not see all the kids around me you think I don't <laughs> some of you think I'm being serious like I'm calling somebody out I don't have no idea I'm just playing around so don't get all scared right now I'm just telling you life is real Things happen. Frustration is there. Anxiety is there. And arguments occur all because we're not walking with them. All because we're not walking with them. No one's helping me. Have you accepted the invitation yet? Turn to your neighbor and ask him, did you get the invite? Did you, you understand that God is... You ever, you ever run into somebody before... And they said, why didn't we get invited? I didn't get the invitation. Well, you may not have been invited to that party, whatever, but, but everybody 
in the world has been given this invitation and every day we can accept it and yoke with him and come together with him so never say to yourself I'm by myself nobody cares that's a lie from hell because when you have Jesus at your side you have everybody and everything available just keep walking with him keep moving with him I want to show you something and I have to close I have to close but listen to this Walking with Jesus gives you rest. The Apostle Paul, we heard about the Apostle Paul who was named Saul. Saul of Tarsus had, I think, I believe a political agenda. And he had this self-ambition to, and self-indignant in righteousness to, to, to stand for the law as a Pharisee and, and to have influence with the government and and he would persecute the church, and he did this by persecuting the church. But there is indication out of the mouth of Jesus that the apostle Paul had frustration, and he was fighting the will of God and knew, knew. It shows us. I'm going to show it to you. You ready? Would you like to see this? Let me show it to you. Acts chapter 26, verse 14. And this is the apostle Paul giving testimony of when God showed himself when Jesus showed himself to him on the road to Damascus. And Paul said, and when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The church killing the people. He said, is it hard for you to kick against the goats? What does that mean? Well, what it means is, is that every oxen, every ox that was, all the oxen and the ox that were there and they were plowing the fields, behind that thresher, behind that, that, that plow, there was, a, there was a bar there that had pricks, that had spikes on it that were the goats. And, and when that oxen would become rebellious and not going in the direction, it would kick. But when that farmer would put those stakes there and put those spikes there, it would hit the bottom of the hoof of the ox. It would hurt them. So what Jesus was saying to Saul was, you have been rebelling, I have been dealing with you, and you've been fighting me. Doesn't it hurt when you kick against my will? Aren't you tired of fighting my will for your life? Watch what the other translation said. Same scripture, different translation in the New Living Translation, Acts 26. And listen to what Paul said again. We fell down, I heard a voice saying to me in the Aramaic, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me, Jesus said. It is useless for you to fight against my will. Paul was fighting against the will of God. What it was, Paul was being, Saul was being dealt with the entire time by God. It doesn't show it, but this is the proof. Every time. He would persecute the church. There was something, a voice, something dealing with him. This isn't right. You're not supposed to do this. You're not getting it right. You need to understand these people believe in somebody. This somebody is real. I mean, God was dealing with him. 
And God changed his name from Saul to Paul once he conformed to the will of God. And guess what Paul means? Worker. Like an ox. He made Paul an ox, a laborer. Made him a laborer. Paul had to stop doing things his way. Now, what's amazing is the more you read about the Apostle Paul, it seems like he went through more. It seems like he was in, he, he, he did. He was in prison, right? He was in bonds. He, he was in chains. He was fetters on his feet. He, he was whipped. He had fasted. He was without. He had an abundance back and forth. But yet the scripture says that he counted all things lost to gain Christ. It was a joy for him. He had peace of mind. He was able to sleep when he was in prison. He wasn't worried about it. Very similar to when Jesus was in the storm with the apostles and the disciples. All of them were worried, but Jesus was sound asleep because when you're in the will of God, no matter how troublesome it may be, you'll have peace of mind because your spirit is at rest. Your spirit is at rest no matter how tough it may be. And this is a special rest. This is the rest God has been telling us about from the beginning of time. I have one more scripture for you and then we're out of here. But listen to this. Hebrews 4 and 9. Some believe the book of Hebrews was written by Paul because of the the verbiage and the way he wrote it pharisaically, he just had the same type of description and, as a Pharisee. He said, so there is a special rest, Hebrews chapter 4, and, and that's some homework for you. Please go home and read Hebrews chapter 4 to get a full understanding of the Sabbath and the real rest. It wasn't a day. It was a type of something that was going to happen under a new covenant. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors. In other words, they stopped doing their own thing according to their own will. Did you know you can be doing the will of God and still be stubborn? But not conforming to the heart of God? <laughs> that one just hit you like Muhammad Ali. I'm telling you right now, you can be in God's will, but yet not have the heart of God and still be stubborn and be out of God's will, but not having proper attitude. I'm telling you, the heart of God is everything. The heart of God is everything. Pray about that. Just pray about it. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. The seventh day, God rested from his works. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will what? Fall. Falling. When we're not resting and trusting. So what he's saying, cease from your works. 
the works of the flesh, the works and desires of our will. You can be in the perfect will of God, but have your own motives and God won't bless it. But when you get a heart that conforms to God and you take God with you and you're yoked with him in the morning and you've got a right heart, you step into that moment as a servant. You'll step into that atmosphere as a heart of the having the heart of the 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 Lord, the heart of Jesus, and it has a proper perspective, and he can see through your eyes, and you can let him, listen, God will channel himself through you. God will use you when you embrace it. Come on, Haley. When you embrace it, you don't have to raise your family by yourself. You don't have to listen to the couples, to all of the couples here. You don't have to do your marriage on your own. You don't have to do your business by yourself. You don't have to do. You don't have to do anything by yourself. You don't have to be alone. If you don't have a spouse, God has somebody for you. If you want to stay single, that's your business. But you have Jesus with you all the time. No one, no one is by themselves. All you have to do is accept the invitation every day and allow God to come in. When you walk with Jesus, you'll have more rest. Don't allow your spirit. Your soul can be very defiant. The soul is defiant. This soul of ours has to conform to the spirit of God, and you have to make it. I'm telling you, the soul will reply to, let's go to church with, nah, I don't feel like going to church. I want to stay in my shorts and sandals all day. That's all I want to do, watch the game and barbecue. It's more work to barbecue than it is to come to church. The soul will rebel and do its own thing. God wants to bless someone here and make life easier. Not life doesn't become easier in the sense of you, you still have problems, you still have to deal with things, but life becomes easier in here. In here. Because of the anointing. Because of walking with Him. And you feel the strength of God. When you feel like giving up, it's like someone carries you. And moves you. When you lay your head to, to bed at night, angels are still working on your behalf, watching over you. You get ready for these next little mini series of, of, of sermons we're fixing to talk about what happens when you rest. This is just the introduction, but there are things that happen when you rest. When you lay your head down to rest and do nothing, heaven is still working on your behalf because you have walked with Him. And continue to walk with him. You have a lot of help available to you. You have a lot of power available to you. And whatever field God has placed you in, that is your field of harvest. That is your field to get fruit from. And for God is going to bless you and make it an abundance and let you have peace and let you have strength. If you're the one that's responsible for certain tasks in your family, then God will give you the grace and give you the strength and give you the mindset and give you the peace and give you the patience and give you the help that you need. You know why you're here today? Let me tell you why you're here today. You're here to let the Spirit of God yoke you up with Him. That's what coming to church does. When couples come to church, their marriage is yoked up with God. Their children, now they get to lead their children correctly. You may not allow your children to see what you do in private. But the Holy Ghost sees. 
And what you do in private, private God rewards openly. So in private, you can either rebel and do your own thing and sin and do whatever, but I promise you the rewards are, will, be, will be shown openly. Or you can go into secret in private and give your heart to God and pray and seek God and do God's will and minister to God and get yoked up with Him, but the rewards will be openly as well. You got to make up in your mind. Are you going to walk with God? Are you going to walk your way? It's up to you. It's up to all of us. But as for me and my house, I'm going to tell you, we're going to serve God and follow after him. Come on, stand to your feet this Sunday morning. Just lift up your hands and make that your prayer. Here's your prayer. Here's a prayer for us right now. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Let that be your prayer right now. If you're watching with us online, make that your prayer where you're at for your family's sake, for your marriage, for your children, for your career, for your business, for your future. Let God use you. Let God lead you. Let God direct you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray today that people will have, God, that your people will have insight. That they're not unequally yoked, God, with people who don't agree and believe like they do. But that you would get them connected to the right people as well. Father, we also pray for those, God, that are overburdened, that are carrying heavy weights, that have a lot of responsibilities here. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you are set free from every one of those burdens. If you'll lift your hands and surrender right now, I'm going to pray that God would give you rest right now and that those things would leave you in your mind and that those burdens and that depression and even that frustration and the anxiety and that to-do list that overwhelms you would become clearer and easier and God would give you insight and understanding that you're not by yourself. So Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we release it right now, God, in this atmosphere. Father, we pray that you just have, God, an impartation, God, for your people right now. Peace and strength, God, lift every burden. We dismiss false burdens even, God. False burdens, false guilt, false shame, all things that aren't true, lies, to be dismissed in this house in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would remove every demonic strategy, God, that has caused division in every family, for every spirit, God, that has been taunting your people, every small imp that has been tormenting your people's mind now be gone go in the name of Jesus go in the name of Jesus leave them alone in the name of Jesus right now right now in the name of Jesus be gone lies be gone a spirit of loneliness and depression leave in the name of Jesus now we speak peace. Now I want you to receive this right now. Peace. Peace now, holy, holy God. Holy God of heaven. Release peace. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.